Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options, and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, and uh, happy to be with you. Thank you for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. Uh, This is episode 15 of season five. So uh, happy that uh, you stayed with us and appreciate you listening in. So we have an interesting episode today talking about TikTok. So TikTok is this sort of world-famous platform that a lot of people use, and it's something that, um, you know, is, is really great for videos. I'm not personally on the platform, uh, but uh, it's definitely something that a lot of folks use. And I guess if you were to break it down, you could say Twitter is mostly used for maybe information and sort of funny tweets and um, uh, maybe news, maybe some, you know, some videos. And then I would say, uh, you know, Facebook is sort of your uh, one of your older platforms, but mostly used for, um, you know, sharing of pictures and videos. Uh, Instagram is similar with more of a focus on the pictures, uh, although you do get reels and that sort of thing for videos. And then you have Snapchat, which is, which again, I'm not on that platform, but uh, that's something where uh, if you share a video, it's usually sort of like a disappearing type thing. I know it was sort of all the rage, uh, rage early on, uh, especially amongst um, uh, uh, teenagers, uh, because you could share videos and they would delete, um, you know, funny videos or what have you. But uh, ultimately, um, the platform has had some, you know, has has had some success. But um, I would not say to the level or people who use the platform like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. And of course, there's other sort of platforms out there, but those are sort of like the big, uh, the big four, if you will. And then, of course, you have LinkedIn, uh, which is more like business social media, is uh, or as um, I often like to say, uh, Facebook uh, in a tuxedo. So um, you can kind of take take that for for what it is. But um, you know, TikTok really is uh, an interesting platform, very popular on the video side. And in some sense, I don't really get to see, um, you know, every once in a while I'll get a video shared with me, you know, via text or 
you know, an email or something like that. And they'll say, hey, check out this TikTok video, or you see it on another platform that it's shared or that sort of thing. And so you do, do get some access to that. Uh, but there's sort of been um, this concern around TikTok because of the privacy issues. Uh, and really the question of TikTok's existence in the United States has been questioned uh, since the application was introduced uh, to people as this sort of video-based social media application. Uh, and in some ways, TikTok is uh, the permanent video version of Snapchat. And now the difference is, is TikTok has grown far more popular as a platform um, and uh, and for the creation of entertainment content, uh, in many ways rivaling Instagram and Facebook for how popular the application is because what it can do. And if you notice, a lot of times these platforms will copy each other. You know, if one if one introduces reels or some sort of video, you know, option, like I know for a while Twitter had introduced a sort of, um, you know, like like a stories, if you will. I forget the name of what Twitter called it, but it was uh, we wrote a column on it and did a podcast on it. But ultimately, um, that sort of aspect went away. And a lot of times they'll test certain products, see if they work. And of course, these apps are like anything else. They update on your phone. Oftentimes when you charge your phone or when you're waiting to charge your phone, you notice that as soon as you plug it in, uh, apps will begin to update if, if they have not already. So, um, but you know, again, it's like anything in business, you know, you want to keep up with your competitors. And so a lot of times when one piece of technology is introduced or aspect to a social media platform, there's other people who might copy it or take a look at it. So, um, again, part of the business, right. As long as you're complying with copyright and patents and, trademarks and those types of things. So again, uh, TikTok's existence as a social media sort of video platform in the United States has been called into question by lawmakers uh, because really of the platform's owner, ByteDance, uh, and that's B-Y-T-E, uh, and then the word dance. Uh, it is a Chinese-owned company, and the allegation or sort of the suspicion is, is that the application, because it is Chinese-owned, majority Chinese owned, uh, and, and the government does uh, control some of its technology is that the platform is being used, um, or seeks to use, uh, the technology to collect data about American citizens. And at first glance, you might say, well, what's, you know, why does it matter? Well, you know, when you're talking about data, you're talking about where people live, um, you know, personal information about them, cell phone numbers, um, you know, email addresses, their likes, their dislikes, you know, where they spend their money, where they bank, all these different things can be controlled from uh, and seen from a social media platform. You know, think about it like when you message people on direct message and you share information like talking to a friend, you know, hey, you know, where do you bank? Uh, or if you have to do a two-factor authentication, right, uh, you're going to put in your email address or your phone number. Now, of course, your privacy settings in your phone and in the application are clearly going to matter in terms of how you set this up. But ultimately, we're, we're sort of in a world where a lot of what we do is either being recorded or we're putting it down in writing in some digital platform, right? And so in that sense, um, you know, there's some concern over that. Um, and again, so I think uh, U.S. government and state legislatures are really looking. So when I say U.S. government, I'm thinking the executive, um, you know, in terms of the president, but then also uh, U.S. Congress in terms of regulating this. And of course, um, 
any law enforcement issues that come up or any litigation issues. So ByteDance, of course, owns TikTok. They're a Chinese-owned company, Chinese-owned company. And uh, there's sort of this idea of maybe that whether they're collecting data. And of course, data in the United States is not only subject to any sort of security protocols from the United States government, any sort of federal policy with regard to you know homeland security, uh, but it's also subject to privacy laws like the California's Consumer Privacy Act, uh, which we've written on before. And what, what it really talks about is that if a company is in the business of collecting, you know, buying or selling data about people, that ultimately, and if it doesn't follow certain protocols, give people opt-out options, give people notice of what's going on, there may become an issue uh, of uh, having some level of financial consequence uh, or even more uh, to uh, to that business. So it's a very serious thing, and particularly in California and other states are beginning to follow this as well as they um, uh, become more aware of about privacy laws and some of the things that some of these applications are doing. And of course, uh, there has been sort of a, an awakening, if you will, when it comes to privacy law uh, and and maybe even more of a push to regulate social media platforms you know, if anything, if you look at, um, regardless of how you feel about it, um, you know, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter in many ways uh, to his own admission was to um, get away from censorship and and uh, to basically give people more options. And, you know, you can be the uh, sort of judge of that in your own mind, but that's at least um, sort of what was said publicly. And so, again, people are becoming more aware of these things, and I think applications are, uh, for the most part, responding to them, particularly because the law is there and because they want their their customers, their people to be who are using their platforms to be happy. So these privacy laws tend to be very restrictive uh, on the collecting, buying, and selling of personal information, uh, or in other words, data about people. And, of course, if, if these privacy laws are broken by a company or person, there tends to be very serious uh, financial consequences for that breach or for that use of that data. Now, of course, the use of data and analytics uh, in the business world is probably the most significant change to occur in the last 20 years. And of course, data has been around for a long time, going all the way back to the days of you know Bill James talking about baseball and using data to uh, basically select you know players um, you know or athletes for. Um, you know, for your team. But uh, this is something that has really become more of a phenomenon in the last 20 years on a broader base. And of course, IBM and other companies have been using data for years. Uh, NASA and some of the more sophisticated companies have been using it. But it's become more of a uh, accepted thing to use data to back up decisions and to help make decisions. So the idea of complementary data, uh, meaning that you, not that you find the data that helps your position, but that you use data to help you make decisions. Um, and so, again, data is used by nearly every company these days, large or small, uh, and it also depends on how much they actually use and what they use it for, uh, to make important and even less important decisions uh, about the business. Of course, the famously, the movie Moneyball displayed the importance of data analytics uh, to make player selections while drafting, trading, and signing free agents uh, to formulate a roster. If you haven't seen that movie, I definitely encourage you to check it out. Uh, Brad Pitt plays the role of Billy Bean, uh, the president of um, baseball, op baseball operations 
for the Oakland Athletics. So I encourage you to take a look at that. You know, and again, data is essentially what drives the advertising market as data um, is about people, their preferences, application uses, where they live, what they like. Uh, and it's frankly used to sell more stuff and to learn more about people and what products should be created. And of course, this is both exciting on one hand in terms of that, you know, people will get more things that they like, but it's also a little scary in that um, you have sort of machine learning or artificial intelligence platforms um, pulling this information. And for the most part, people are not checking their privacy selections. It's the same as, um, you know, when you buy a phone or you download an application, you click the, the check box that says, I agree to the terms and conditions. Probably 90% or more of people are not actually reviewing those terms and conditions. So again, there are some rule changes here, meaning that, you know, you do have opt-out options. You have disclosures that come in because of, you know, laws like the Con California's Consumer Privacy Act. But again, it's not a perfect system. Uh, I think maybe, um, you know, legislatures and uh, other folks are trying to move uh, the needle a bit, but that's sort of where it is. And maybe the best example of this is uh, cookies. So cookies, I don't mean like cookies and milk, but uh, cookies as in, um, you know, basically if you're on a website, you know, at the bottom of the website, it might say, um, you know, what is your privacy settings or what information do you want to receive or that sort of thing? Or do you want us to track you, that sort of thing? And you can click on sort of the option that says, you know, basically control your preferences or whatever the language is that's used. And you can choose what, what generally happens. There's almost always an option that's required and for you to continue on the website. Uh, but generally you can opt out of some of the other things. But cookies might be something to where if you go search something on the internet, say you search, you know, I don't know, cowboy boots or jacket or, um, you know, uh, Windex, you know, something like that, right? And then next thing you know, you're getting ads in your inbox or you're getting ads uh, on the next website that you search, you know, showing you some of those options. You know, Southwest does this, right? If you search a flight on South Southwest's app or on the website and you're logged in, you will get, if you don't book a flight, you'll get an email saying, hey, you should book this flight. And it'll give you like other options and information. So again, that's sort of an example of cookies, but in the context of what data is, what, what this privacy issue is all about. Of course, there's a safety issue if that if there's ever a breach of that information which of course is a is a is a big issue in a, a digital world so um the state of montana is the first to pass a law banning tiktok so this was reported in the hollywood reporter uh, i think it was yesterday and it's they're the first state to do this and it's sort of a novel and bold approach what they've decided to do is somewhat take a middle ground so they they will begin um forbidding uh, the download of the TikTok application in 2024. So January 1, 2024, you will no longer be able to download the TikTok app in the state of Montana. Now, existing users, users will still be able to use uh, TikTok as an application in Montana after that date. But it, basically the key here is, is that it would have to be downloaded before January 1, 2024. So a little less than a year. Uh, and again, it's somewhat of a middle ground approach to this because they're not banning the TikTok uh, application outright. They are for new users, but you got to figure that most of the users that TikTok will have 
it already has. Now that may stunt growth and will likely stunt growth in, in Montana, uh, short of any sort of litigation challenging this. Um, but we'll sort of see what happens. And actually it's interesting because uh, Elon Musk was interviewed recently and was, was asked, I think it was um, by an English uh, uh, newspaper, um, uh, a UK, uh, very well-known UK outlet, and it was at he was asked basically, you know, what do you think about the sort of call for banning TikTok? And he said, well, in general, I'm against it. You know, I don't think we should be banning any apps. I think you know it should be about free speech and and putting those things out there. Of course, we've talked about it on this show. There's you know a question as to whether social media applications are are you know um, sort of can apply to uh, free speech because there's no state actor involved. There's no um, there's no standing in that way. Uh, but then there's the argument that, you know, sort of social media has become sort of a public forum uh, generally because it's free and people can, can, you know, sort of get on it at any time. And the applications, I think, and the companies who run the applications are probably weary of going to a subscription-based model because it'll take away a lot of people who probably would not pay for it. Maybe if some small fee was introduced, you know, but that and that might sort of, uh, bolster the argument that it's not a public platform, but these are all like larger issues, but it just kind of gives you an idea of uh, sort of what's being talked about, you know, for TikTok and for other applications and general regulation of them. You know, I think in general, uh, you know, I agree. I don't think applications should be, um, you know, banned. And I don't think that applications uh, should, um, you know, be censoring free speech or censoring speech really in, in, you know, in any way, unless it falls under some, you know, laws to, you know, for example, you can't run into a movie theater and yell fire, right? You know, anything that sort of harms somebody else, that sort of thing, you got to avoid those things. But again, it's a tough issue. Um, but I think at the end of the day, there just needs to be uh, some changes potentially to the application, which we'll get into later in the, in this podcast. But uh, as a as a general basis, I think most people probably would agree that you should not be banning applications and you should not be banning uh, free speech, right? I think that's a, a, a generally accepted thing, at least in the United States. So again, uh, users in Montana will be, still be able to use the app. It has to be downloaded before January 1st, 2024. So Congress, U.S. Congress and other state legislatures have considered similar legislation from outright bans to approval boards. Uh, for using sort of foreign technology that that ByteDance and TikTok uses, but none of them have gotten to any sort of final vote uh, stage at this point. Um, but you know, again, I think there remain several issues for consideration for all parties involved, particularly uh, the companies that are involved and the people who are using them. First, how many more individual states will pass legislation um, that's similar to Montana's? That's the first question. I think the second is, uh, will, will where there will be litigation by TikTok and any sort of affiliated businesses that are harmed by the ban, uh, which is almost certain to ensue. Uh, and I think when looking at this sort of ban, there's got to be two questions that at least come to mind for me. Is banning censorship or is it protection or maybe is it both? And then secondly, what evidence exists proving that American uh, data of American citizens has been shared uh, and shared for nefarious purposes. And I think lastly, uh, will Chinese authorities move to approve the sharing of the technology, which would probably alleviate some of the concerns. 
or will there be a change in ownership structure uh, to make the company a non-majority Chinese-owned company? Uh, and and frankly, to let um, access to that technology. So uh, again, I think these are all important questions uh, that we'll sort of see uh, what occurs in the coming weeks. But it's a fascinating issue uh, with regard to TikTok, and um, I hope that you follow along and and sort of see where it where where it takes us. But um, again, appreciate you listening in. I appreciate you participating in the process, and. Um, Look forward to uh, being back with you soon. Again, this is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. Uh, always, as always, wonderful to be with you. Thank you for listening in and making us number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. And we will look forward to being back with you very soon. And this episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thanks again.